Welcome to The Vine, a plant media project podcast with your hosts, Elizabeth Sheldon and Gina Vensel. The Vine is an insightful look into the world of plant medicine, exploring the changing landscape around cannabis and psychedelics, and ending the stigma through educational discussions. The Vine podcast does not offer medical advice nor condone any use of illegal substances. Consult your physician or therapist before making changes to your wellness plan and before trying alternative healing medicines. Today, we welcome Caesar Marin, owner of Cultivating Wisdom, a lifestyle apparel company dedicated to educating and supporting those who seek healing from microdosing psilocybin. After a lifelong career as a television industry and live sports newscast producer, Caesar decided to become an entrepreneur in the plant medicine space. We're excited to dive in and learn about his wellness journey and path to create an innovative and mission based brand. Welcome, Caesar. Thank you, Gina. Thank you, Elizabeth. So wonderful to be here. I love what you guys are doing. It's a wonderful situation for people to get more information, which is um, a true believer that in this space, that's going to be the most important thing. So I'm honored. I'm honored to be here with you guys. Thank you. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. So happy to have you. So you've had a very interesting career. Uh, some might even say a dream career in television and sports. And you gave all that up to create a psilocybin apparel company. So can you tell us about your journey, your story from there to now? <laughs> that's, that's a great question. And it's funny how you, how you posted it because you said that I gave that up. No, and a lot of people might think, well, he quit. He quit his, you know, he quit his career, what he was doing. And no, I was, I was, I, did I, I quit? Yes, actually I did. If you think about it, because, you know, I get laid off of CNN um, and then I obviously could sort of say, you know, I have 25 years of experience in TV news, in sports news, that should at least open some doors for me to get some interviews, no? But it just so happens that at the same time, um, I have my first psychedelic experience at the age of 54, uh, then it turns into more of an appreciation of what plant medicine is doing to help people overcome every human trait and condition possible from anxiety to depression to eating disorders to PTSD to addiction, which I was uh, battling with at the time. Um, and it just opens my eyes to the possibility of this, of this movement, of this cultivating wisdom, which was started as an apparel brand, um, but now has become a, a bit of a voice. I've become a bit of a, hopefully a voice of, of, of hope for people to sort of see me and see what I'm doing. So it, it, it was very easy to give it up. And, it, and it's, I, I feel really blessed and grateful because I think about the people who, you know, nowadays lose their jobs and then find themselves in the trepidation of what do I do? What, how do I go? Where am I going? Um, there's not a lot of people hiring 55-year-olds, let's be honest, you know. But I think it's, if you sort of look for your passion and, and you really lead with your heart, then that'll sort of pay off. So that's, that's how I sort of end up here owning a lifestyle and apparel brand for psychedelics and for people to promote that they're doing something like this. Um, after having an, an incredible 25 year career and, and CNN was amazing. I mean, it was a, a beautiful, beautiful time. It's just, I needed to close that chapter and go from being a sailor to, like you said, being an entrepreneur and now being the captain of my own ship. Very cool. And it's really brave yep, to do that, very brave. you know, um, although we find that with talking to so many different people, when they have these experiences with psychedelics that are so profound and life changing, that oftentimes it leads people down all sorts of various life changes um, yes. from their relationships to their jobs to where they may live. Um, 
And it's it's so powerful. But this isn't everyone's cup of tea, right? No, so no. with with launching this, you know, how has your your peers, your family, your neighbors um, received you making this leap and, and starting this company that so promotes um, psychedelics in a positive way? It's it's funny that you asked that because there's there's a couple of people involved, obviously, sort of the closest people to me. Um, obviously, we start with my my well, first my wife. My wife was very open to the fact of me um, looking at an alternative to my addiction. Um, I had read enough about microdosing, felt an expert enough, and had talked to her about what my plans were. That she was she was at ease with it. Um, then my children, my children, it was a lot of trepidation. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's tough to tell an eighteen year old, hey, your dad's sort of changing cannabis to do now psychedelics. Excuse me, what did you say? And not only that, so you're promoting, you're you're starting a company that promotes or manif- people can manifest something that they're doing that's illegal. Um, and I and and it was it was amazing that on a macro trip that I had, that exact question came up, and it was said. You know, your kids will be there with you. They won't understand completely. They will get it. They will see your transformation. They will see how you transform and how you lead yourself afterwards, and they will get it. They're, they're not going to be there right away with you, but they will eventually get there. My mother was next, and she was another one that was like, are you crazy? What is wrong, <laughs> what is wrong with you? I mean, hello. And it was incredible because my wife was the one that told her, look, before – he was masking his problems. He wasn't confronting mm. him. He's escaping from him. And now he seems like he's putting his chest first to these situations. So I go, the fact that my mother, an 80-year-old Colombian woman, came back from Colombia with a mushroom necklace for me just oh. tells you the fact that my parents are proud of me that I'm doing psychedelics. Everyone else, what I say is, yes, this isn't for everybody. But you open up their eyes a little bit. You say, you know what? Look, I know the word mushrooms has a stigma to it. Do me a favor. Watch Fantastic Fungi, please. Mm-hmm. Just watch that. Okay, and then after that, why don't you watch at least one episode of How to Change Your Mind and then and then come back and we'll talk. Then come back and we'll have a serious, educated discussion. So it's I, I think it's that. I think it's through through educating people that we're able to open up those conversations. So we chatted um, or have chatted a lot on the podcast about sort of the senior high and how seniors have come to alternative medicines because pharmaceuticals have just not been um, very helpful in, in curing some of the ailments. And so I'm just wondering, what is it about psychedelics that made you feel safe to try it? Um, like you said, it's still a Schedule One drug and it's illegal. So what was the introduction and then uh, your brave soul to give it a try? Um, wow. I think brave soul is a, that's a, that's a heavy, that's a heavy monarchy to keep because again, I'm going to be honest enough. And and I think that one of the wonderful things that psilocybin especially has done to me is to help me be as honest as possible and not live these lies that I used to live before. Right. So I tell people, look, I'm going to be honest with you. My first curiosity about psychedelics was an addict, a cannabis addict wanting to find a new high. That was that was mm-hmm. so there wasn't a trepidation. There wasn't a scare. It wasn't like right now I'll talk to a neighbor and say, look, I'm microdosing. This is what's going on. It, it, it was a sort of different situation. So my first dive into it was out of a recreational curiosity, which unbeknownst to me, the first time I try psilocybin, I have a chocolate bar and I have two pieces of the chocolate bar, not knowing that what the effects are going to be because I haven't, I haven't read up at it enough. And I, uh, you know, inadvertently I did my first microdose and yes, I felt a smile. I felt something, but it wasn't until a week later that then I 
have half of the chocolate bar that all my senses and perceptions and everything that I felt opened up from this is what my hands feel like. I was on a bike ride uh, in downtown Atlanta with about 200 people that we do on Mondays. Um, and so the, the, imagine the, the houses are decorated for Halloween and I'm feeling like a child. I can't wait to put on my Halloween costume and go trick or treating. So all these perceptions open up, but at the same time, that very same night was when I went deep head to say, okay, what was it that, that, what, what just happened? Like I've never felt anything like that with any other substance I've tried in my life. And yet what, what was what was it about that, that it was just different? And that is when I started to find out that it's being used for medical treatments, for soldiers coming back with PTSD, for, again, addiction. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's a great question, Elizabeth, but I wasn't scared. You know what I mean? But there are a lot of people that are, that are. not mm -hmm. scared, petrified, yes. petrified. So part of, part of my mission, part of cultivating, cultivating Wisdom's mission is that I can stand in front of a camera and people could look at me, yes, with a blazer and a T-shirt on that says microdosing. But they could say, you know what? That's a business owner. That's a father. That's a husband. That's a son. That's a member upstanding of the community because he volunteers. He votes. He cuts his grass. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's like one of us. He's like mm -hmm. one of us. So maybe there is that possibility. Now, I think education is a huge part of this. The more people read, the more you lead them to the right things to read, the better they are. And they don't get scared. And whether, again, through watching documentaries or just, again, having the conversation. I think that's the, the big mission of Cultivating Wisdom is to open up these conversations, as like you said in the intro to, your, to, to the podcast, to break the stigma or at least quell down the stigma that exists around plant medicine. Absolutely. And we often joke about coming out of the psychedelic closet, you know. Because uh, yeah. that's what it feels like, you yeah. know, when you when yeah. you start talking about these things and then and and really um, amazed how many people come to Elizabeth and I and um, slide into our DMs uh, with questions, <laughs> saying, you know, I'm not allowed to really like your posts on social. I'm not really supposed to admit that I do this or want to do it, but there's a curiosity there, um, and we we feel that you know, these types of conversations and creating these these honest and provocative conversations around plant medicine for healing is really important. But you also touched on something about veterans um, and how veterans are using um, psilocybin to support um, uh, their PTSD and help, you know, with their mental health. And so I know that your, your um, company is also supporting vets. And so I wanted to know if you could talk about that a little bit. Definitely, of course. Well, the military is really close to our heart. Uh, my son is a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army right now. Uh, my brother-in-law, my co-founder Isabel's brother, is a Navy uh, retired vet. So the the military really runs close. And as I as I start to research all of this, I, I realize that there's these a bunch of vets that are suffering. And then mm -hmm. I, and I start reading, and then you know you come across the 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 veteran suicide rates, and you're like, this is unacceptable. This is seriously unacceptable in this country that we live in. That's unacceptable. That just shouldn't happen. And then the fact that, you know, soldiers have to go, vets have to go out of the country to have to find someone to sort of help them pay for a, a retreat in Costa Rica. Not all of these vets have that. No. That's not so. So why can't we offer that for them here at home? And I, I had come across Marcus Capone and Vets, uh, Vet Solution. And, and just was really was was really impacted on what he was doing and just how he was doing it from the heart. And not only that he was doing something good, but he was opening doors to Congress. He was opening yes. up doors to legislators. He was opening up their ears. And that's important because, I, look, I put up a post the other day. It's up to all of us. Paul Stamets during Canadelic said, we're at the doorstep of a revolution, okay? 
of a plant medicine revolution, of a psychedelic revolution. And it's up to us. We're the revolutionaries. We're the ones that need to sort of take this fight. And we need to be in front of our legislators, our local leaders, whatever they are, as high as we can go, that we can say, hey, look, people need this. This isn't people wanting to get high. Understand that. People need this healing. So let's let's speed this up a little bit. Let's sort of why are we having vets having to find, you know, alternative solutions or having to go, you know, hopefully an organization that might have a spot for them. No, no, there should be psychedelic healing for everyone possible. And I mean, here in our home country, that then they shouldn't exactly, have to leave, right? Exactly. We should be able to heal our own vets. Yes. And so a part of the proceeds of your company goes to Vets, to vet right? solution, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Vet solution, yeah. We 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 committed to to Marcus and to his organization that you know the first year, whatever it is, whether it's ten dollars, whether it's a gazillion dollars, whether it's five dollars, <laughs> we're we're committed to to donating part of to to be part of what he's doing because he's doing something beautiful. He's healing people. Anybody who's healing people is 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 doing beautiful work. And like you said, and also making change because it's, it's not just about, you know, the healing. It's we want this, yeah. we want these yeah. medicine to be available to all. And the only way yeah. that that's going to happen is that it's no longer a schedule one drug. And that we're able to create a system in place where people can get access to this medicine. And so what we've seen, you know, at least in the state where I live in Pennsylvania, um, when we were fighting for cannabis legalization, we're a medical state now, um, we were not able to be met with a bipartisan support. I mean, it was mostly Democrats that would fight with us, um, you know, to, to get adult use. But what's very interesting, when we did our PA Psychedelic Education Day with Reason for Hope last June, uh, we had bipartisan support standing up with the veterans on the steps of, of the Capitol building in yes. Harrisburg with us. Yes. And I really feel that that psychedelics is a bipartisan issue and that we need to Definitely. put a lot of our other differences aside. And I think that, you know, we all can agree that our veterans and the suicide epidemic that is happening it, it is it's, it's, we need to change this. I mean, we, yeah, it's, it's not one more moment. It's completely unacceptable. So yeah, yeah. I just, I wanted to make sure that we took a beat to, to talk about the Thank fact you. that you've recognized that and yeah. you're actually making that the mission tied to your organization to give the money back yeah. Uh, yeah. to what matters. So thank you for yeah. that. Yeah. They, they should be first in line. They should be, I mean, again, there should be a lot of people, there should be a lot of people who should have priority to the front of the line, but, but vets for sure need to be, I mean, there. So we're talking about the status of psilocybin, psilocybin being uh, illegal nationally, you know, um, legalized in some states for, or decremmed, I should say, and, and some states. And so how is your brand really helping to educate people about the legalities and the nuances of microdosing? Are you, do you have a place on your website? Is it through, you know, podcast? How are you helping to do that? I think awareness is, 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 is number one, right? I think that every day that we go out with a shirt that says microdosing, right, we're, we're starting the conversations and we're, we're poking at people's childhood curiosity. I think that definitely more needs to be done, right, on all fronts. I'll include ourselves, you know what I mean? I can't say that the fact that we're a brand new company, that we shouldn't have more in more information than just our mission on our website, you know, um, I through uh, my Instagram account do talk about, you know, the importance of uh, being part of a UD criminalization uh, organizations that are in your state. If you believe in this, you know, I talk of the fact of, again, getting in front of your legislators to sort of talk about this. So it's I think it starts through conversation. But but I, I think you're right. I think all of us could sort of play a little bit more part in 
I mean, we have all these social media platforms, right? We're on LinkedIn, we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, we're on, it doesn't take that long to sort of say, hey, you know what, this is important. Make sure this is part of the revolution, that this is part of the fight that, that, that we're going forward. And again, it's through education. It's, it's again, it's through education that we get to that point. And I, I just, as a side note, um, so your income is coming from selling these, uh, this apparel. Um, well, right now, yes. Right now, Cultivating Wisdom LLC is an entity that, that, that has a lot of things under its umbrella, right? That started, yes, as an apparel brand um, that, again, we're not Nike. We're not, you know, mm. we're not Nike. I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I was at CNN long enough that I have a, a nice severance, right? So I have something that I can say, you know what, this isn't. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not struggling. We're, we're, we're all whatever, but it's sort of, I have a cushion, right? I have a cushion. I'm not asking, you know, where's the next meal going to come from. So, so I have time because there's a lot of things that Cultivating Wisdom wants to do. Cultivating Wisdom wants to be a podcast. It wants to be a podcast of just normal day people. I want to bring Isabel, my wife on to sort of talk about, mm-hmm. how we talk to our parents about that we're microdosing. Well, mm-hmm. you know what, as a couple who microdoses together, how has this helped? But at the same time, also be able to have important guests. You know what I mean? On whether it's a, a Dr. Michelle Weiner, whether it's Pete Sessa and Dennis Walker, who were the main two protagonists mm-hmm. at Canadelic, um, whether it's, you know, Ben Sessa, who we made great relationships, but at the same time, also making this the people's podcast a bit of, of that. So that's part of what we want to do. I'm also uh, starting to get speaking engagements to talk about the power of transformation uh, by being able to deal with anxiety and depression um, while living in the now um, and how I was able to come over, over an addiction all through psychedelics. So in other words, the idea is to not have psychedelics be the first word out of my mouth because then we're going to turn a lot of people off, which is what we don't want. What we want is open up people's curiosity that here's this person, 55 years old. He had a, a transcendental moment in his life where he loses his employment. And he has two options. Does he sit there and drown in his own tears? Or does he sort of say, okay, I found something. I found this incredible medicine that's helped me grounded, that's helped me present, that, again, has helped me fight against anxiety and depression, which is normal human traits that we have, that helps me live in the now, that helped me get over this addiction. And yes, I did it through psychedelics. So that's the idea is that then... Um, cultivating wisdom becomes a voice for this movement that cultivating wisdom is not just an apparel brand that cultivating wisdom is a household phrase of course of course mm-hmm. we should cultivate wisdom of course we should sit down at a buffet table of wisdom so that we cultivate a better future that's that's the true mission and and a lot of things down the line i mean there's there's a lot of issues in the psychedelic space that we need to address a lot of them let's start with the drug on wars let's start with the fact that if my wife wants to become an integrator she's got to dish out 14 grand to become an integrator mm-hmm. a practitioner is that what you're talking about and, and correct. Yeah. to integrate yeah. for help yeah. integrate correct so, it's so, very expensive yeah so it's very expensive so why couldn't cultivating wisdom down the road have a nonprofit organization that then through grants helps people of lower income lower marginalized communities to also become healers right to also become because my concern is that what happens when the haves like haves and are able to heal and they're able to go to good clinics and go to good doctors and go to good, you know, integrators. And yet the people that don't, the, 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 you know, as a Hispanic American, I think about the Hispanic American community. Mm-hmm. How, how can they benefit from this and not how are they going to not 
um, be able to do this, right? So right. We don't want any segments of people to be left out, especially yeah. because of, of cash. But I think that Elizabeth and I have talked to enough entrepreneurs on this show to know that, yeah. you know, many of us have multiple jobs in order to do the things that we want to do within the space in order to be here. And so just kind of like a cautionary tale, it's, you know, it's very difficult to just start a new business in this space. I mean, you know, there's very little money out there in terms mm -hmm. of investments. I mean, yeah. there is some, but I mean, everyone's yeah. fighting for it, right? So exactly. it exactly. is just something that it's okay if you have to keep your day job and do things on the side or advocate while you're doing something else and you can find a way, you know, to be involved. I mean, I know that when the pandemic hit, I mean, I was events producer and there goes my whole life. Everything <laughs> blew up. I mean, my exactly. schedule went completely empty. Um, and I think back about growing up, you know, I didn't really like micro anything. It was like we ate the whole eighth and saw God, you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly, so yeah. this was a very new idea to, idea to me um, to take tiny doses of mushrooms. Um, but during the pandemic, I started reading a lot of articles about moms. They were using it to help deal with the pressures of, you know, being stuck at home with, you know, having loss of their jobs and things like that. And really, that was really when I first started or tried microdosing was let's try this in a very small minuscule way and see whether or not the power of, of mushrooms could come through in the smallest way. And I was just taken back by how I had only ever thought that, you know, the power of this compound came when it was yeah. in a really high dose. Mm. And yet I found so much relief and connectedness, not only to myself, but to nature, to the environment yeah. so that I could be more present with my daughter and put the negativity aside and realize that this will pass and look, we're events are back, you know, we're here. Yeah. Um, it's all good. But it really was, I think, you know, mushrooms during that time as a mom that, that I, that I turned to. And I'm just curious if, you know, in meeting with all the different people that you have, you know, have you been coming across like, you know, moms that, that microdose because I can't imagine my, <laughs> that my narrative is very uh, no, uncommon. Yeah, it's, it's actually, it's actually, first of all, thank you for sharing. Cause that's a great story. That That's really a, a wonderful way to find microdosing and help you out. And there was, this was about a couple of weeks ago, I'm standing in the supermarket uh, and I'm wearing like a people, people probably think this guy only has one shirt. He's just always wearing <laughs> that same microdosing shirt. At least he's got it in different colors, but I'm sitting there at, at the supermarket and she comes up to me and she smiles a bit and she goes, do you microdose? And I'm like, yeah, why? Can you tell by my smile? She goes, no, because of your shirt, dummy. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, yes. And she goes, she goes, can I tell you something? She goes, before microdosing, I would have a bottle of wine almost every single day. Like I'd come home and serve that first glass because I wanted to forget about my kids being a pain and you know what. And I wanted to forget about the people at work that were jerks. And I'd have my first glass. By my second glass, I would forgot why I was drinking right? Because, but, uh, but by now I'm on my second glass and by the third glass, cause you're not going to sort of save just half a, you know, half a bottle. I'm just going to finish it off. She was like, I forgot everything. I forgot everything. She said, I started microdosing and now I'm so present. I'm so present mm. for my kids. I'm so present at my job. I'm so present for my husband. I'm so present for myself that it's like, it, it, it's beautiful. It's beautiful that, that again, well, like you said, this isn't for everybody, but the people that it does help, the people that it has helped and it's helped many, um, it's it's wonderful what they, what it's doing. It's wonderful what it's doing. We need more. We need more smiles. We mm -hmm. need more people to be happy. That's right. Yeah. So we saw that you um, participated recently in Canadelic Miami, and we want to hear a little bit about that experience, but also curious what it was like to be uh, with a cannabis consumption psychedelic mm. conference, because a lot of these um, 
companies that were cannabis centric are now, you know, like they see the psychedelic wave and and they want to ride that. And I'm just wondering how it's going, the two of them, when they're mixed Mm -hmm. together. That's a that's a that's an amazing question, because I've, I've actually talked a lot about that this week to different people as it's it's our fir- it's our first launch into this space i mean it's our first big that was your first launch. event that was our first big i mean we've done markets we've done pop-up markets here in atlanta but you can't count those compared to this thing i mean this was right. this was the monster this was like the super bowl i'm not gonna say no it, yeah it was the first super bowl of the year of <laughs> the cannabis and but and, but the cannabis and psychedelic space but there's not many conferences that way it's no. usually one or the other it's mm-hmm. totally from what i've read i haven't been right so obviously we get to Canadelic and it's amazing. Pete Sessa and Colleen Sessa have put on this beautiful, magical, colorful show. And, but we really quickly realized that, yes, there's a lot of cannabis because there's a lot of cannabis people in the space already because they've been here for a while. And it's very not, – not that there's little psychedelic, but it's there, but it's not as prevalent. The first day, I mean, I guess people hadn't gotten the memo, so people were smoking inside. So it was one of those situations. So there was a lot of there was a lot of cannabis consumption. And being a cannabis recovering addict, it it, it for me it was a strange uh, mix. One because and this is again, this is just my personal personal opinion. This is not numbers, it's not anything, but it seemed to me like of the cannabis space 75% of the people there who were vending, who were, I'm not going to say speaking, but who were attending the conference were there to get high. Hmm. The wow. recreational part, for the recreational part. And 25%, yes, were there to talk about cannabis medicine for healing, for its healing purposes, for people who are going through cancer, for people who don't have appetite, for people who have pain. For people who can't sleep, how cannabis has really helped them. But there just seemed a lot of, you know, let's just get, let's just smoke. And and it was it was really evident to me in the owner of a cannabis company who, when he passed by, I I was saying hi to everyone, sort of you know, give at least a little bit five second pitch of who we are. And he said, look, I'm going to be honest with you. He goes, I have a cannabis company. The only thing that matters to me is that people get high, mm-hmm. and the higher they get, the better for me because that means I make my money. So mm. the fact that all these mushroom things—that's really interesting. Wow! The, the fact that all these mushroom things are keeping people from getting high—I'm not really interested in what you're saying. Oh! And I was like, okay, you know what? More power to everyone. Everyone's got to, everyone's got to, you know, afford the head over their the 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 roof of their shoulders that they want. So that's 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 how he's making money. I got to respect that. I have to respect that. But it did seem to me that the psychedelic part that was there, definitely the people that were part. That were presenting the people who were vending um, were incredibly into the healing, loving, sharing. Let's come together. Let's talk about our situations. Let's talk about how we can make this better. Let's talk about how we can learn from the mistakes of the cannabis industry so that we don't do the same thing. There was a lot of talk about we're on the seesaw right now of psychedelics. On one side is this huge big pharma money synthetic psilocybin let's patent the color of the pillow so that we can (laughs) type of situation right but on the other end is this long-haired flower and hair this is grown by the cows why do i have to go to a doctor so i can buy mushrooms crowd so it's we can't let it seesaw to either side so i just found that Mm -hmm. there was a lot of people wanting to stand in that middle of the seesaw 
at the Canada Delic Space there. It was a beautiful event. It was a magical, magical, magical event. It was for us, for us as, as a company cultivating wisdom, it was awesome to see the welcoming that we got from people that have already followed us, people who had just seen us, and people who were like, oh, we know who they are. So that was really cool. That was that was that was definitely um you know even if we didn't sell out we did sell out in in gratitude and affirmations from people that that we're doing a good thing and i was thinking about the folks that are there just to get high um one thing that i feel like i learned from talking to so many people that just would call themselves stoners or whatever they are trying to heal something yeah there is something that that yeah. leans us towards wanting to use plant medicine. And mm. if it is just to get higher, to feel better, it's because we don't feel world, great. we're not feeling yeah, great in, feeling in our good. normal life. Yeah, right. Exactly, you know, and that exactly. could just be from everything from us yeah. going through this global yeah. pandemic together, yeah. people having issues within their own families or their lives situations. So but what I do feel is that, you know, we talk um, about how we can learn things um, that the cannabis space has done wrong in psychedelics, but it's kind of an interesting conversation. If you have that staring out into an audience filled with people in the cannabis space that are like, wait a second, we didn't do it all wrong because we're making money on something that still we can't even bank and that we can't even like, like federally say it's legal, but yet there are a lot of people in this country that are making millions of dollars off of cannabis while others are still sitting in jail. And so I find- Yeah, I find yeah. this whole thing like it just gets me very politically fueled because I I love that there are going to be events where you know cannabis consumption can happen and and as someone that really enjoys that I think that that can be great. However, when we start having like really serious conversations about healing and trauma, sometimes those two things don't seem like they can yeah. be a part of the same conversation. Yeah. But yeah. I really like Nurse Colleen and Pete, and I think that their heart is in it. And that I was just so I was so bummed that I couldn't be there. So I appreciate you posting all your Instagram stories <laughs> and stuff because I felt like yeah. I was there through your stories and getting to be there and see how everything is going. But it is going to be interesting to see whether or not more events will take these compounds and combine bind them and make it be more plant medicine or if we're going to see things stay separate at least when we talk about the political side like i was mentioning earlier you know if 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 cannabis is not seen as a bipartisan issue then i'm sorry get it out of the way of psychedelics because we want everybody on board for this so it's you know it's kind of a different thing but as someone that's working on the the psychedelic science event in denver in june that's pretty much at this point, all psychedelics. And we're going to have a panel or two that's going to talk about um, cannabis. But for the most part, this is going to be a a psychedelics conference. Um, I'm just, well, first of all, I'm so glad that you're going to be a part of it and the Cultivating Wisdom will be there. But I'm just curious now, having done, you know, a conference like that, you know, what are you looking forward to this June um, that excites you the most about being with the psychedelic community in Denver? Um, I, I think that one, one reuniting with some of the people that I met at Cannadelic in this space who... Um, it's 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 a big community. It's growing, but there's just so many players and just so many wonderful people. So that that definitely is going to be the highlight. Two, obviously, being being in such a huge space in such a short time is is to us, you know. I, I mean, the fact that we're going to be you know holding space with Dr. Carl Hart. I mean, it's sort of there's just so many things that we're like we're blown away. In other words, these are people who to us, we would geek out about yeah. three months ago, four months ago. And now they're like, Oh, wait a minute. They're like, we're part of them. We're so that that's really cool. I'm hoping to speak on a panel. I think there's a panel, uh, for psychedelics for everyday people. I know, I know we mm. talk a lot about, 
um, you know, people who were definitely clinically depressed, clinically anxious, uh, definite traumas. But there, there is a panel that they're having on just how this can be. Again, like I said, it's 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 a life performance enhancer. It's definitely a life performance enhancer, which shouldn't be looked at as a supplement. I'm not a big fan either that it's sort of we look at it as I think we have to respect the medicine and, mm-hmm. and, and respect the elders that sort of brought it to us and, 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 and at least have some gratitude for the medicine. So I'm not a big fan of the space turning into, and again, not throwing shit on anybody because Caesar Marin doesn't throw shit on anybody, but psychedelic <laughs> water and stuff like that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? There's just stuff that you're like, Let's not make, let's not turn it into that. Let's well, not, this is it, all marketing, Caesar. Yes, this is I what know, Elizabeth and I, I do. This is what I drives know, us absolutely I crazy know. because marketing I can know. be used for good, but sometimes marketing can be used to be misleading to people. Yes. yes. So if we're going to call something a psychedelic water and there's nothing psychedelic in it, and, and yet we use certain branding and certain tactics to do that, that yes. is certainly a certain way to get things done. We've seen this and we talk about this on the podcast all the time because it's just, it's so, it, we, we just, mm. It's funny, but CBD is the perfect example of what absolutely can go wrong with advertising and all of the claims in which it could make and the things that which it could do. And, you know, when Elizabeth and I first met each other and we were exclusively in the cannabis space. So we kind of went through this transformation of seeing, well, one, the group of people that really need the healing needed more than just cannabis. The yeah. cannabis was a tool, but it wasn't a heal. It wasn't the full thing that was going to heal them. Like you had mentioned, you know, cannabis, like wine, maybe could help mask the things that you're doing. But yeah. if you could do, you know, um, psilocybin or MDMA, and then have your ailment be cured, this isn't really a, a thing for big pharma. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, yeah. they're going to yeah. want you to keep buying the product, exactly. right? So we're in an interesting time, and I love that mm-hmm. analogy that you were talking about with the the seesaw because. I couldn't agree more. And I'm just, as we're promoting this psychedelic science conference, I'm seeing just from all sides of the world, like the different people Mm -hmm. that want to attend and what Mm -hmm. they're looking for to have out of this conference. You know, some people are practitioners and they're coming because they, you know, want to learn from the very best minds. And then there's other people that literally have been involved in this in the underground for so many years. that They're just glad to be able to be with like-minded people and to gather together. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how this dynamic plays out because, you know, we don't want psilocybin or these other psychedelics to be seen as one better than other drugs. Cause some people Correct. have to take other medication. I mean, there's, Correct. there's things that we can't deny. I mean, I, I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but in my psychedelic club in Pittsburgh, there was a, a young man that was talking about wanting to, to do psilocybin and a psychotherapist in our club um, was asking if he was on any medications. And he said that he um, was taking lithium and mm. we had learned um, that lithium um, it ha- can have a deadly combination when taken with psilocybin. And we had no idea that there were these contraindications with certain medications in the way that they can mix with mushrooms. So it's just like a cautionary tale for anyone listening, you know, that yes, we believe that there's power and potential in, in these medicines, but, you know, really leaning on, you know, people in this industry, there's a lot of pharmacists that are out there that are helping people understand this. There's so many different clinicians and physicians out there that will talk with you about what the medications you're currently taking, because sometimes you might need to wean off those medications in order for the microdosing to really help yeah. you. And so we're hoping that these conversations and bringing together the community and give it, letting the community help one another and having these mm-hmm. discussions is going to help us hopefully not end up as a divided community but like maybe you said maybe keeping more of a balance on that seesaw yeah yeah, yeah. And, you, and, and you hit it again education education is going to be the most important part of all of this and and we can never none of us especially the ones of us that are already in the space could ever think for one second that we know all that we know it all we don't 
We, mm-hmm. we don't. We don't. We're not even. We're not even grasping at the, one of the potential of what could happen. Um, you know how much the medicine, or psychedelic medicines, can help to cure. So we're still just at the ground level of that. And again, the potential market that it has, because that's sort of a, we have to be weary of all of it. We have to be smart. And again, always knowing that we can always be more educated in what's going on and what's happening. Um, which again, I think that's that's going to be key. That's going to be key. So tell us, how can our listeners learn more about your brand and help support your mission? So the apparel store, which again, the apparel store is the purpose of the apparel store is for people to open up these conversations, right? That I wear a t-shirt that says microdosing and someone can come up to me and say, you microdose? Uh, Yeah, I do. Oh, I saw that on that documentary or I heard about it on NPR or I heard people talking about it, but I don't have anybody to talk to. Mm -hmm. Can you cultivate me with your wisdom? And that the other person says, yes, I'm going to sort of tell you what it is. I'm going to explain what it's about, but you needed your own education. What I don't want is that people say, I'm going to microdose because X, Y, and Z microdoses. No, don't microdose because Caesar Marin microdoses. Microdose because you've read on it. You know what your intentions are. You know that there's some work that's going to be to be done. There's going to be need integration. You're going to need to be know how much to dose. You're going to need to know what protocol you should be going on. So that's the purpose of the apparel store. So if people want to go to the apparel store and get stuff there, it's cultivatingwisdom.net. Um, there's really cool organic gear. What we wanted to do was not that there's anything wrong with tie dye and, and, and trippy stuff. That's all beautiful. Beautiful. If you want to wear that. But again, we wanted to wear stuff that no one is going to look at anybody wearing our gear and say, that's a hippie. That's someone who's out sort of tripping in the woods. No, that's someone who's part of my community who's sort of doing this. So that's a good place. The Instagram is cultivating dot wisdom. That's more, a platform that I use to talk to people of my generation. I, I'm a big believer that, you know, Generation X, there's a lot of trepidations. There's a lot of people that say, oh, I don't know if that's for me. Or people that say, you know what, I did that once in college. Back. Yeah, but let me ask you a question. How much did you take? I don't know. <laughs> did you have intentions? Uh, no. Okay, well, right. those are two problems. So I just think that if I can do that, if I can poke the curiosity at people of my generation and at the same time, which we're starting to do, is to do more content in Spanish that then we can open up the curiosity of people in Spanish also. So we're, we're doing that. We're, love that. we're also, I know working. that's important, Caesar. I'm glad <laughs> yeah. you, you bring that up because you know, everybody needs representation in yeah. this community. No, no, that's important. In fact, um, cultivating wisdom is going to be hoping to work with Webdelix. Webdelix is this new platform that is bound to be the web MD of psychedelics. Oh, cool. um, yeah, it's called Webdelics. So I'm going to be hoping to work with them to uh, offer the Spanish uh, version of Webdelics nice. because again, Great. that's that's hopefully what we're going to. Yeah, we're, it's sort of I have to I have to take ownership of the fact that I am Hispanic, that I do speak the language, that um, that I can that I can talk to people. There was there was a woman at Canadelic um, who said she saw me with a Hispanic. It was, it was funny because it was a Hispanic woman and an older woman. So I had, I was, I was hitting both niches at the same time. <laughs> and, and she came in and um, I wasn't in the booth. I was talking to somebody and she was a bit twitchy. Um, and when I came in, she said to her husband, there he is, there he is, go get your camera. And I was like, what? And she started talking to me. She goes, you've, you've changed my life. Oh, you, I saw you. You know, and what you do and how you talk. And I said, do you want to sit down? And she sat down. And she started crying. Oh, and I was like, Jesus. and she goes, you gave me hope. 
She goes, you really gave me hope that I could be better, that I could yes. find myself, that hopefully I could sort of be, you know, a better wife, a better a better mm. spouse, a better mom. And she goes, I started microdosing. And, and she's like, I feel amazing. She goes, I feel beautiful every day. I feel mm. that anything is possible. So I was like, you know what? If I could just do that one, you know what I mean? Right. Then that is priceless. Then then the apparel store, you know, whatever. But 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 just doing stuff like that, I think is is what the mission is, what the true mission of cultivating wisdom. Um, you know, we're hoping to get a an advisory panel again to sort of hold that seesaw in the middle that we can mm -hmm. have conversations that like I said, that that cultivating wisdom is more of a movement in this psychedelic revolution, as Paul Stamets called it. At, at, at Canadelic, that, that we are helping move this movement in the right direction through education, through honest conversations, through educating people through whether it's, you know, Webdelics has this beautiful, I, I had a, someone who, who is trepidatious and, and Webdelics put on this beautiful whiteboard. They did like a whiteboard of explaining how psychedelic medicine works. And he was like, oh, wait a minute. Now, I, wait a minute. All of a sudden I get it. Like, mm -hmm. I get it now. You know, I get it why it's, it's illegal and I get why this is helpful and I get why people are um, getting better. So it's, I think it's all of us. It's all of our missions to educate everyone and, and cultivating wisdom is going to continue to do that. We'll, we'll continue to do that. And then, you know, we're growing our community. We're, we're, I think that's the, the, the main mission right now is to grow this community of, of, cult, of, of wisdom cultivators, as I call them, um, so that we can all set our own buffet tables of wisdom you know, to cultivate a better future. We, we should all do that. I, I, I always love looking at tables full of people where no one's looking at their phone and people are just conversing and cultivating wisdom and just having a good time. Those are beautiful moments. We need more of those. Because it's present. It's about being exactly present. Correct. And you know, they, they, everyone can't see me, but I have on my cultivating wisdom hat. <laughs> And my shirt that I wore for you today, Caesar, um, because we really, really appreciate all that you're doing and how you're being a voice in this community. And the fact that you're leading with so much heart and your authenticity and everything. And we wanted to make sure that we had our listeners get to meet you and get to know you. And we hope that you'll join Caesar and the Cultivating Wisdom community because this is just the beginning for you, my friend. And I'm so very excited you. for you and Thank so you. glad to have you on, on the you. vine. Thank you for joining us today. Yes, just, just, just for that, just the, I'm putting up a promo code, the vine 20, 20% 20 discount for all vine listeners. Excellent. Yes, yes, definitely. Of course, please. You're both beautiful. I, like at the beginning, I said I'm honored. I, I'm definitely honored to have been part of this, to part of this conversation. Um, I would love to have both of you one day on my podcast. Oh, you got bigger. it. <laughs> you got it anytime. You know Anytime. what I mean? Because again, all this sharing of wisdom, all yes. this cultivating of wisdom is what we need to do. That's 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 exactly how we're going to get better. And you know, more power to both of you. You're both revolutionaries. I love that. Um, let's continue. We don't need pitchforks. We don't need guns. We just need love. We just need much love. We need the fact. We need healing. We definitely need healing. And and if we do that and we keep that together, we're 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 going to be better humans. We're gonna. Our kids are going to thank us for this. I have no I doubt. I agree. I, I have agree. no doubt. I have no doubt whatsoever. Well, thank you, Caesar Marin from Cultivating Wisdom for joining us on The Vine today. And to you, our listeners, for being a part of our journey exploring cannabis and psychedelic news. Keep posted with PMP by visiting us online at plantmediaproject.com. Together, we can end the stigma around cannabis and psychedelics. Mm -hmm.